0: Welcome to The Planted Runner. This is Coach Claire Bartholik. Move over fat-free and gluten-free. The latest buzzword in the supermarket is protein. 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 If you are paying attention at all to your nutrition, you are very likely being bombarded with the word protein. Since carbs and fat have become so demonized, it's the only macronutrient left. So, of course, now's the time for protein to get the health halo. According to Bro Science, we should all be eating more of it before workouts, after workouts, and right before bed. But is this protein push all just media and marketing hype? And does this even apply to endurance runners, let alone plant-based endurance runners? Let's find out. Welcome to The Planted Runner, I'm Coach Claire Bartholic, and my mission is to help you improve your running, your mindset and your life with science-backed training and plant-based nutrition. Today we are going to explore what you need to know about protein for runners and specifically For plant-based runners, we'll uncover why the recommended daily allowance doesn't make sense for you, why plant-based runners and older runners need to pay more attention to protein, and I'll share some real-world examples of what a runner's daily intake could look like with real food. This information is especially important to know if you are trying to run your best, increase your muscle mass, and optimize your healthy years no matter what your age right now. If you would like more help with plant-based running, I've got you. My book, The Planted Runner, Running Your Best with Plant-Based Nutrition is available now wherever books are sold. I include everything you need to become a better runner all in one place, fueled by plants. You can order your copy today or you can just win one, enter to win a signed copy from me for free. To enter, all you have to do is write a five-star review of the podcast on Apple Podcasts. I read every single one, and I'll randomly choose a winner at the end of each month. This episode on protein for runners will certainly give you a head start if you want to keep the muscle you have and even gain some more. Before we get into the details, I'd like to invite you to run with me in my beautiful hometown this fall, September 12th through 15th, 2024. I will be hosting a four-day running retreat in the Blue Ridge Mountains in Asheville, North Carolina we'll stay in luxury cabins right on the french broad river where we can run right out the door you'll get run coaching strength training classes running gait analysis and more and of course it will feature amazing plant-based food and a little nightlife as well we had so much fun last year that i cannot wait to do it again it's perfect for adult runners of all ages paces and abilities and you're bound to meet runners just like you Spaces are very limited and it's first come, first serve. So sign up today at theplantedrunner.com slash retreat. I'll be offering early bird pricing until March 15th. So be sure to take advantage of that as soon as you can. I can't wait to run with you this September. Don't forget to stay tuned all the way at the end of the episode for another Mental Strength Minute. Fortify your mind in 60 seconds or less. There is so much conflicting information about protein for runners and especially for plant-based people. There is an entire segment of plant-based influencers that will repeat the phrase, if you're eating enough calories, you're getting enough protein. Or my favorite is, if you ate nothing but white potatoes all day, you'd get all the protein you need as long as you're eating enough calories total. This drives me crazy. While yes, this is technically true, sort of, it's just silly and misinformative. First of all, no one is actually telling you to eat nothing but potatoes. Okay, there are a few fringe people who are really doing this, but let's leave them out of this conversation. Here's the math. A medium white potato has about 110 calories and 3 grams of protein. If your daily calorie intake should be 2,000 calories, which of course is not correct for most people, then you'd need to eat 18.18 potatoes a day to hit that, providing you with a whopping 54.5 grams of protein. The RDA for protein for someone who needs 2,000 calories a day is a mere 50 grams. Boom. Done. Potatoes for the win. Now, don't get me wrong, I love potatoes. But the reason this math and this example really bugs me is that it's meant to tell us, see, you don't need to care about protein. All plants have protein, so you can stop paying attention. Ooh, and we love it when people tell us we can eat whatever we want without paying attention, right? Well, sure. And we can run whenever we want to and however we like and expect a PR at every race. And while we're at it, let's go to the Olympics. Yeah, it doesn't work that way. Now, before we go any further, why should you listen to me about this? I have been certified as a sports nutrition specialist, but I am not a registered dietitian. The difference means that I'm qualified to coach and support athletes when it comes to what they eat for performance, but I don't give individual advice on exact calorie or macro counts, and I don't create meal plans. What I do is share what I've studied for over a decade, what works for me as a plant-based athlete myself, and what works best for the hundreds of athletes I've coached. In fact, this entire episode was inspired by the athletes I coach on the PR team and was highly requested by the readers of my weekly newsletter. I will always consider myself a student of sports nutrition science, which also means I'm not tied to any kind of ideology that's out there. Over the years, I have changed what I've recommended to my athletes based on new science and better evidence. But what I'd like to teach above all else, is that you can be empowered to make choices and experiment until you find what works for you. No podcast in the world, not even the ones hosted by the nutrition doctors with the fanciest degrees, can tell you exactly what you should be eating every day. If you need a customized nutrition plan, please seek out a registered dietitian who works with runners. And of course, if plant-based eating is important to you, make sure your RD is plant-based as well. Now, it would be completely unhelpful and actually complete overkill for me to just say, go pay a bunch of money and hire a dietitian. We are all adults here and we can use the guidelines and existing science to come up with a framework that we can start playing around with right now. And also on the subject of disclaimers, at the time of this airing, one of the show's sponsors is a protein powder that I use and trust. Protein powders are great for convenience and when you don't want to cook or do much math, but you don't have to rely on powders to get everything you need. Later on in the show, I'll explain how to meet all your protein needs from real food. Back to the RDA for protein. Let's examine what this really means. The recommended daily allowance to prevent deficiency for an average sedentary adult is 0.8 grams per kilogram of body weight. But that's not right for runners, especially plant-based runners, and especially plant-based runners over 40. I'll go over why right after this. Hear Her Sports is a podcast for everyone who loves stories by and about women striving to improve and make a difference in their lives. I am your host, Elizabeth Emery, a former professional cyclist. In every episode, I introduce a female athlete or woman in the business of sport through a thoughtful conversation about who they are and the terrific work they're doing. My guests and I explore the glorious and frustrating issues in sports, history, equity, training, nutrition, and so much more. Join us for inspiration, for community, and for love of being a strong athletic woman. Welcome back to The Planted Runner. I'm Coach Claire Bartholik. The recommended daily allowance for protein is just the bare minimum to prevent muscle loss in sedentary people. What are the recommended levels for runners? Like I mentioned earlier, no podcast is going to give you the exact amount you will need as an individual, but we might be able to get pretty close using some examples. And let's color in all these calculations with a hypothetical person that I'll call Casey. Casey. Casey weighs 150 pounds or 68 kilos. Multiply 68 times 0.8 and Casey should consume 54 grams of protein per day, according to the RDA, which as you remember, is exactly the amount you'd get in 18 potatoes. This is the minimum amount of protein Casey needs to prevent a deficiency leading to muscle loss, assuming that Casey is sedentary. We don't really see extreme protein deficiency in developed countries, except for cases of extreme poverty or eating disorders. But we definitely see plenty of muscle loss, weakness and falls in our older population. We are cultured to believe that it's just inevitable aging, but it's not. It's mainly because we stop being as active and we don't lift weights. Our other issue in America is more often that we tend to eat too much of everything, including protein. Overweight older adults are getting sicker and weaker, which is a pretty good indication that lack of protein isn't their main concern. Runners, especially long-time competitive runners, don't tend to have this issue, but of course many are still concerned. I survey every one of my athletes and I would say about 40% tell me that they overeat, especially sweets and alcohol, while about 40% are worried they are undereating. I would like this show to be helpful to you both and I can pretty confidently say you know which category you fall into. Plant-based runners tend to weigh less, but even a whole food plant-based diet isn't a magic bullet to your ideal body composition especially if you stop paying attention and it gets worse with age. According to the Mayo Clinic, once you reach the age of about 40 or 50, sarcopenia or losing muscle mass as you age begins to set in. To prevent this and to maintain independence and quality of life, they suggest that your protein needs increase to about one to 1.2 grams per kilogram of body weight. For our friend Casey, this is 74 to 81 grams per day. Again, assuming she's not an athlete. Now, if Casey started exercising regularly, the Mayo Clinic would recommend that she bump up her protein intake to about 1.1 to 1.5 grams per kilogram, or 75 to 102 grams. When Casey starts training for a marathon and is regularly lifting weights, Her needs would need to increase to 1.2 to 1.7 grams per kilogram, which translates to 81 to 115 grams of protein per day. Now, Casey is a 50-year-old marathoner who lifts weights and is completely plant-based. What happens now? Plant-based protein has been shown to have slightly less bioavailability than animal protein, Meaning that despite it being healthier by nearly every other metric, it may be more difficult to fully absorb. This is often brought up by critics of the vegan diet as something to be very, very concerned about. The reality is, the difference is real, but it's fairly insignificant. If you are managing to reach the targets on the higher end of the range by eating a variety of plant-based foods, you'll be doing great on a fully vegan diet even as an older athlete. And of course, more isn't more. Excessive protein intake or more than two grams per kilogram of body weight is overkill. But we're not done with Casey just yet. Here's where the math gets tricky. What if I told you that 150 pound Casey was actually a six foot five inch professional male athlete who ran 120 miles or 200 kilometers per week and lifted weights every other day there is no way 2000 calories or any of the protein numbers we just talked about would be sufficient. This Casey would need to eat at least 40 potatoes a day, right? (laughs) But what if Casey was barely five feet tall and weighed over 250 pounds and just started exercising? Should she be focusing on protein recommendations based on her weight when her goal is fat loss? No, of course not. These are two cases on the ends of the bell curve where the general advice will be horribly wrong. And if either of these sound like you, this is where I'd highly encourage getting individual advice from a registered dietitian. A handy rule of thumb that takes out your weight and your totally calorie needs suggests that anywhere from 10% to 35% of your calories should come from protein. So if your needs are 2,000 calories, that's 200 to 700 calories from protein or 50 to 175 grams. The lower end is the bare minimum and the higher end is for highly active athletes. While all of this sounds great, a 25% calorie range is huge, especially for an athlete who's really trying to dial in their training. Stephanie, a member of my PR team, wanted to know how she could tell if she was getting enough. What kinds of signs should we be looking for? A quick note while we're talking about the PR team, I wanted to tell you about one new benefit for this year, 2024, that all team members get is free access to all of my sprint session masterclasses. I do a 30-minute live class every other month and this month, February 2024, is all about Speedwork 101. To learn more and to sign up, head to theplantedrunner.com slash sprint. I hope to see you there live, but you can always get the recording if you miss it. That's theplantedrunner.com slash sprint. Now back to protein and Stephanie's question. The first sign that you're not getting enough is that You get hungry really, really quickly after eating a meal, perhaps in an hour or two. A good, balanced meal should last most people about three to four hours. A meal that's mostly carbs is great for fueling a run, but your tank will be empty shortly after. The next sign is that you're hitting plateaus in your training or you're not gaining strength in the gym. Lack of adequate protein is not the only cause of this, but it can be a factor. Insufficient protein can also show up as muscle soreness. Simply put, protein is the main rebuilder of muscles after exercise, and without enough, healing is delayed while soreness lingers. Some lesser-known signs include slower wound healing, irritated skin, compromised immune system, and thinning hair. Protein is essential to all tissues in the body, not just the muscles. Chelsea, also on the PR team, wanted to know exactly how to track all of this to make sure we're getting the right amount. You don't have to track this, of course, but I found that tracking for maybe about a week or so can be really eye-opening. Getting a sense of the composition of the foods you eat the most can go a long way to make sure that you're reaching close to your numbers. There are several fitness trackers out there, and one of the most popular is called MyFitnessPal but I don't recommend tracking forever. We runners are data obsessed enough and we don't need to add tracking every bite of food to our to-do list. If you have a history of disordered eating, tracking can be triggering. So please get some help with that. The next thing to know is that just because you're consuming enough protein and calories for your activity levels, doesn't mean you're magically gonna build or maintain muscle. You actually have to lift heavy things. A recent meta-study referenced in the New York Times took a look at 49 high-quality past studies involving protein and muscle building in athletes and in non-athletes. They found that everyone who strength-trained gained muscle, no matter how much protein they ate. But, and here's the important thing, especially for aging athletes that want to gain muscle, the authors of this study found that those who increased their protein intakes, gained about 25% more muscle than those who only met the minimum. That is certainly significant enough to pay attention to. As runners, we don't need huge muscle gains, but we do want to be strong and lean to run fast, stay injury-free, and age beautifully. This particular meta-study indicates that 1.6 grams a day per kilo is ideal, but going higher than that really has no muscular benefit. All right, enough with the numbers. Let's get into how to make this all work in your real life with real food. By far, the most common request I get is to share more recipes. Recipe creation is a completely different craft than what I do every day, and I certainly don't have time to add that to my plate. Uh (laughs) Aha. But here's what a day of eating for 50-year-old Casey, the plant-based marathoner, could look like. Pre-run should be carb-rich, easy to digest, low in protein and fiber. But today, Casey is going out for a longer run and doesn't want to get hungry midway through. She chooses coffee with almond butter on toast with a banana. This comes in at 21 grams of protein and 490 calories. This kind of meal is not always required before a shorter run, but make sure you at least have something in your stomach before you start. Next up after the run is a real breakfast, and it should have protein and carbs. A smoothie, of course, is quick and easy, and you can make them higher in protein without any protein powder, but let's keep the whole in whole foods and eat a breakfast that you actually have to chew. Oatmeal is a classic, and you can bump up the protein with seeds, nuts, and a cup of soy milk. Topped with two tablespoons of hemp seeds, one tablespoon of chia seeds, and one ounce of peanuts, your breakfast comes in at 25 grams of protein for 551 calories. Lunch can be a hearty lentil soup with potatoes, carrots, and kale. You can eat three cups of cozy goodness for just 480 calories and 24 grams of protein. Dinner could be a delicious crispy tofu and veggie stir fry over quinoa, which is a massive 36 grams of protein for 612 calories. Casey's total for today is 106 grams of protein for 2,133 calories, which is about 1.5 grams per kilogram of body weight, perfect for a marathoner over 50. I calculated all of this in less than 10 minutes on my Fitness Pal, so these numbers are estimations, but it shows you that this really does not have to be that complicated. If you're new to this, plan your meals with the protein in mind first. Rather than track your meals after the fact and subject yourself to some kind of pass-fail mentality, try to sketch out some meals ahead of time and aim for close enough. Hopefully, the takeaway from all of this is not to give up and just eat an entire 10-pound bag of potatoes all day. (laughs) I want you to feel empowered to make great and delicious choices that supercharge your running and keep you well-fueled for life. And now it's time for the Mental Strength Minute. Fortify your mind in 60 seconds or less. Today's topic is find something bigger than yourself. Running can seem like a selfish act. We often run alone for our own enjoyment or a sense of accomplishment. But when running gets hard, thinking about the people who are proud of you or who admire you can give you an extra boost to get through. Parents might imagine how happy their kids will be when you finish strong. Grown children might imagine making their parents proud. Or maybe you can get a little lift thinking about your sweet coworker that always acts interested when you tell her about your running adventures. Whether you know it or not, you truly are an inspiration to others. So go make them proud. Thank you for listening to The Planted Runner, part of the Evergreen Podcasts Network. Don't forget that you can win a copy of my book for leaving an Apple Podcast review, so be sure to write yours right after your run today. Reviews are the number one way to boost this show's reach, and it's a great way to tell me what you'd like to hear next because I read every single one. Have a great run today. Sports stars. They're like superheroes. But they're actually real. Which is why we've made a podcast about them. You see, they've all got a story. But too many of these stories were cut short. Kobe Bryant. Payne Stewart. Flo Jo. Phil Hughes. Justin Fashionew. We're writing episodes about all of them. And sadly, many more. Death of a Sports Star, a new series from Crowd Network.